0: Welcome to The Last American Vagabond. Well, there's been so much going on. I mean, as long as you want to look back, but lately it seems like it's gotten out of control. And we've covered a lot of important topics over the last so many years in a really short period of time. But after, I mean, really after the COVID-19 illusion, a lot changed, but since the discussion of October 7th forward, a lot of attentions have been very focused. Even myself focused on this very important topic. But we shouldn't forget how many other important things deserve our intention. Uh, You know, myself, I've I've been talking about East Palestine and I don't think we should be forgetting about that horrendous discussion, which is obviously interestingly relevant and connected to the story of Lahaina. And uh, whether we see that as a connection in regard to the disasters happening all over the place or the way that the governments are trying to cover it up, there's a lot of these things happening. And this is just a few of them. But Lahaina was a really important point in this conversation where I think a lot of people in in Maui and elsewhere were very critical of the way that they handled this, the lack of action, the choices that were made leading up to the awareness of what happened. And I thought it was a really important time in the midst of all of this to invite Shelby from Unjected back on to discuss what she's seeing on the ground, the updates that have happened since we had our last, I think we've had two interviews before this, and really just dive into a few more important points that we thought were relevant to understanding the full picture here. So Shelby, Hosanna, thank you for joining me. It's always a pleasure to have you on.
1: Hey, Ryan, aloha. Thanks again for helping keep Maui uh, in people's sights and thoughts. I really appreciate being here.
0: Yeah, yeah. We've had a couple of really good interviews. And I think that this this story has always been so, there was something immediately wrong with this story. Like right out of the gate, there was a lot of people, you know, and and, and rightly so. You could show a lot of the usual suspects that that will cry foul to every story, whether it turns out to be those two. But I think a lot of just average people were like, this doesn't add up. Something is wrong, whether we're talking about the block- blockages of letting people get to where they need to go, the lack of water, the, you know, water being shut off, the sirens not happening, all the things we've already talked about. Something obviously was wrong. And then the way that it's been handled since then, and admittedly, I've been focused elsewhere, but even as we were covering it, it was very apparent that there was something wrong. Something, yeah. whether they were hiding something or just trying to avoid accountability Right, so it's a very important story, and I know we'll touch on this. You have a book that just came out, "Burn Back Better," and it's important information in there. But I wanted to start with you today in general and talk about you know what's happened both since I guess the, the peak of this story when people were pay- paying attention the most, and then again like the post October seventh, and and how much has changed and following up on some of these important topics. So yeah. why don't we generally start with that first part? Like so, right there was a moment where it seemed like everybody was talking about this story and rightly so very important, but then other things happened and people kind of lost their focus. And so what happened since then in regard to, let's just say the missing children or the total or the ongoing recovery operation or, or, you know, dealing with the area in Lahaina. So there's a lot of questions there. So start wherever you'd like.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well, I wish I, you know, could say it was better news and to say that I've seen improvement with this, you know, recovery and, and, uh, this whole process after the fire. But, you know, it's actually, it just continues to, uh, you know, remain uh, just criminal and, and the culpability gets thicker and thicker as as time continues. And, you know, since we last spoken, you know, I feel like that is where a lot of people dropped off with their attention span when they kind of decided that all of the children were accounted for. And I believe the last time we spoke, it was, you know, uh, the number was still sitting around seventeen hundred. Uh, then they had dropped that down to 400, and then again to about 175. And now they just have said everybody is accounted for, uh, you know, no questions asked. But really, essentially, it was a lot of just shifting numbers on the board. You know, I will say that thankfully, I have, you know, like we've talked about before, I haven't seen parents looking for their children, but then it kind of raises that question again where, Yet all of us still feel collectively as just local citizens that there is a huge discrepancy with the actual victims or the body count. You know, people that I personally know have pulled out nine children out of the water that were deceased or one man who pulled out a hundred bodies by himself. But yet we have this this count that is actually just sitting at ninety nine. And, uh, that I think is one of the most disturbing things to me in the moment, but, you know, yet again, like to the, to the further part of your question, the housing crisis is just continuing, you know, it feels like they are, they're going out of their way to create a a mass exodus. You know, it's, Mm -hmm. it's easier to kill people or get rid of them than to deal with them. And, you know, it seems like in that moment, uh, in these moments, especially with, uh, you know, whole entire condominium owners, they're, uh, I would say, the ones facing the most issues with insurance right now. So like, for example, let's say there was a condo with 100 different tenants, all different types of rentals, some were HOA. So some of them had private insurance, some of them owned their condo. But now the condominium owner is being left uh, with this insurance claim and they're being denied due to all of these little de facto uh, red lines that are in there. So what will happen to all of these people? You know, they are uh, kicking the uh, survivors that are left uh, out of the resorts. And one thing that people aren't talking about is there's a massive amount of suicides also happening here on Maui. You know, they're actually leaping off of the, the top of resort buildings because they have nowhere to go.
0: Yeah, that's that's just heartbreaking. I mean, it's such a sad situation in any of these circumstances. And, you know, again, draws parallel to my mind in East Palestine, where people haven't again, most people don't even know that it's changed from we'll take care of everything. Don't worry to now pennies in the dollar based on like some middle ground between the current Basically zero value in what they claim it was worth beforehand, Mm -hmm. and they're just getting completely manipulated. And so these people, again, same situation, have nowhere to go. They don't know what to do. And Mm -hmm. you know, it draws parallels with other bigger stories in the world today. Exactly these these. I mean, what? what, In fact, what we're even talking about here, quite frankly, if we're going to be real about it, is an occupier. The U.S. government is occupying Hawaii, and that's the reality. (laughs) but we don't like to talk about that. And so the, the sad reality is, yet again, we see an example where the outside entities are taking advantage of the local population for many number of reasons. But so let's talk about those first two points in general. Let's start back with the kids because I think that's very very front and center of people's minds. And so for where we left off, as I remember it, we're talking about it was something uh, the whatever the highest number was, I remember that came directly from the school system that said yeah. simply that they had not re-registered. They couldn't right. verify where they had gone. Now last I checked on that there was another, the the number had gone down, but overall there was still a large number of children that had not re-registered, well past the point. So then, of course, it's like, well, maybe they left, maybe they went to another island, all these things are possible. But as far as I could tell, there has never been any kind of alignment of this information, right? And we also know, as as we covered at the time, there was a lot of parents that were killed because the the children, there's no school, so they were left and the parents were gone and they got killed. And so the question then becomes, if the child also got killed, there's no one looking for them at this point how do we even really know and i'm willing to believe because of my you know jaded perspective on government but because of the way they've handled this that they'd be willing to just pretend that's not happening and look the other way to avoid that accountability that's my opinion but I so my it. question is my question is what, have you seen any kind of effort to display here are all the children's names that we said weren't re-registered and here are the ones that we've accounted for cuz that's the only way I'm going to believe that these children are accounted for at this point. Uh,
1: I, yes, thank you for saying that cuz I agree with you. Where is uh, where is just any uh proof of their existence? You know, you're right. We have not gotten a list of any of their names. You know, and yes, you're right that at that highest point it was there was a uh, 3,000 uh, or so children that were registered brand new for the school year 2023. three weeks after the fire it was over 2,000 still unaccounted for and then like I just mentioned those other numbers that shifted around but we should have a full manifest. the FBI has taken over the quote unquote missing persons list. what about the flight logs of people who have left Island? What about, you know, just the national school registration? You know, parents hold a contract with schools and it's a legally binding contract to know know, how to contact you. Where are your children? And, you know, that's been completely uh, voided, you know, let alone just the psychological, um, you know, mind game that they're playing. But there's not one memorial in, in Maui, you know, and you could imagine any other shooting or disaster you see dozens of pictures and you see, you know, stuffed animals and whatever. And uh, the only thing that we have is um, a few crosses that they've erected on the West side. They have, they've had to actually ask national guard for permission to put these, these memorials up, but no one's allowed to go stop and, and go acknowledge that. Where's, where's the acknowledgement for any of these people? And and I do think that it was whole families that are gone and, and they were they were vaporized. There's literally nothing left of them. So do they have to hold accountability for bodies that don't exist anymore? It's it, You know, I fear that they're not. And especially for the undocumented migrant workers, which were thousands of people in Lahaina. You know, the census is very inaccurate when you count in all of these people who were from other countries working under the table cash jobs. You know, I fear that that's most of the the uh, the victims that have perished, and that's why we're not hearing about them because they can be an invisible murder, and and the government can just get away with that. Well,
0: what are the community leaders saying at this point in time? I, I'm I'm forgetting some of their names, but at the time, I mean, there was um, I, is it I forget his name. I don't want to miss it. but one of the he's a very famous surfer who was local in line. Yeah, Yes and and, and are him and, his, and some of these others that were very vocal, what are they saying right now in regard to any of these topics are they like what are, what are their sentiments do you know
1: you know it it definitely it dropped off as people's attention to the to the issue dropped off and and it kind of feels like uh you know people are naturally, uh, you know, exhausted by feel, you know, feeling that trauma over and over again. And so they also just don't want to acknowledge that the problem is still continuing. Um, you know, what I would say is it, it seems more almost like a Stockholm syndrome, kind of like everybody realized that they're kind of in this abusive relationship with the government and the state of Hawaii, but yet everybody's also like, Oh, you know, we're going to, we're going to hold out or we're going to accept help or, you know, we're waiting for, you know, our daddy government to save us somehow. Uh, Even to the point where, you know, this week, um, Josh Green had announced that that he was going to give a million dollars to any family member who had lost a loved one.
0: The governor, right?
1: Right. With the caveat being that you can't hold a lawsuit against the state of Hawaii. I mean, is that not a gag order or what? It's insane.
0: Yeah. I mean, on one side of it, at the very least, we're, I agree with you, but at the very least, it's nice to see them be, I mean, a million dollars is a lot of money, for, especially mm-hmm. for somebody who is in this position. Nonetheless, I agree with you. I think it's actually kind of grotesque that you're even using that moment to try to avoid accountability, which really does show you, Like, well, here's the main way to frame this. You should, especially when it's aid for people that there's a lot of them that and rightly so feel that their their lack of choices or choices that were bad put them in this position there should Mm -hmm. not be some kind of barrier between them and the aid that you promised was going to be coming like that shows you a problem right there it really does and so to to your knowledge does it seem a lot of people are taking this up on the eyes it hasn't even started yet
1: well it hasn't started yet that i know of but you know we're i'm imploring people and thankfully a lot of people are also saying I'm sorry, this does feel a little odd that, you know, not that they announced it on the three month mark, which is kind of offensive that, you know, oh, Hey, everybody, just silent down on all these uh, unanswered questions that you have, all of these disturbing pieces of evidence that are coming forward. We don't want you to focus on that. We want to be this shining superstar light. Um, And here, you know, here's uh, our apology. And, And the way he actually had framed it, which I thought was so gross, is he said, as an Ohana, we're all taking responsibility. And, you know, Josh Green, we don't take responsibility for your disaster capitalism or mass murder. You know, you are not part of our ohana. Um, and so, you know, I think yet again, it's just this um, the psychological game that continues. And also, if there's only, you know, they say that this fund, I believe that they're taking the money from is uh, about $150 million. So 99 of it will go to people who lost loved ones. And then the rest is supposed to be distributed to people who have injuries or whatever. Uh, but, you know, this would, isn't that convenient that their their uh, victim count was just enough for their budget? You know, it wasn't like they're coming forward and saying, oh, we realized that it was actually thousands of people and, and we're going to pay back retribution for thousands of people because we would bankrupt the state of Hawaii or, quite frankly, the the United States that's occupying uh Hawaii you know with right. with that, I believe
0: well what so the that's interesting actually, so the amount just seems to perfectly end up being the you know the amount of people that's that's mm-hmm. actually very interesting, certainly coincidence happened, but I don't usually believe in them. <laughs> but what's interesting to me though is you know so he's where's this money coming from? so this is state money, so these are tax dollars so uh, see this is what always drives me crazy about this is so effectively we're paying for our own for are paying out of our pockets to help. You know, it's not like the individual. There's a lot of Americans and elsewhere that are willing to say, here, take some help. But the idea that it's kind of always expected that that's the reality, like this is, it's just people like the, I think the people who made these choices should be accountable financially and everything else. But I just hate the idea that the Hawaiians and everybody else are the ones that end up being on the hook for their choices. Right. Go ahead, go ahead.
1: Oh, I just wanted to say, and it's something interesting that's happening to the Hawaiians right now in this peculiar moment that deserves some attention is the fact that uh, these generational uh, bloodlined, you know, Hawaiian people who can trace back their lineage, they've lost their, you know, birth certificates, their legal Mm -hmm. documents in the fire One man I know in particular, which actually I know several people it's happened to, but he was, he's the one that sounded the alarm bell for me. Uh, He's extremely Hawaiian. He gets back his birth certificate from the state that he reordered the digital copy because, you know, we, as we know, there's no uh, original copies anymore. You know, everything is now electronic. So he gets back his uh, electronic copy of his birth certificate Nonetheless, they removed Hawaiian from his race and instead they put Asian mix, Japanese Caucasian mix. So they effectively took, they doctored his birth certificate to remove Hawaiian, be a different race. Are they doing this to all of the Hawaiians that were left over? And are they going to have now an issue claiming native uh, heritage rights on this land as well? Because they cannot prove through their legal documents that they're Hawaiian, let alone does it kind of raise the question that they're going to say, well, to prove that you could do DNA testing, yeah. which is something that they were already asking the Hawaiians to do. They said, oh, please come do DNA testing so we can do forensics on the ash that was left over. But you can't do forensic on ash. So what really was the play there? You know, removing yeah. the heritage and then also this DNA, uh, you know, side piece. It, it, it's, it's an interesting uh, it's.
0: Yeah. It's terrible. I mean, it really makes me physically angry just by hearing, because the frustrating part about this is not only are, you know, again, whether or not you think this was orchestrated, planned, allowed to happen, you know, these things will happen because of governments, regardless, after the fact, taking advantage of a situation. And so now you've got this classic historical battle between the native Pe- peoples of, of hawaii who have always been fighting off the occupiers and fighting off the land grabs and fighting off every aspect of this who are now going to be challenged potentially on the actual heritage but even more than that you bring it brings up another possibility in my mind that what about everything else what about deeds or old you know information but things were very as you, as I, I think you made the point in our last discussion about the like Classic Lahaina area that are, and this is one of the reasons people argue that the fire was likely because of the way that things were, uh, you know, the way that yards were and the older buildings mm-hmm. and so on. Which there's plenty of places like that in this country. But the idea that they probably have older documents about, you know, transactional, you know, uh, land discussions or changing. Uh, I'm trying to think of the right word for this, but any any kind of document that would be able to prove your ownership over something, whether that be land uh, or vehicles or anything. That's now going to be gone too. And then if there's somebody in a position that could benefit from this, then those, you can just pretend like they don't have the documentation. So we'll have to go through some kind of process. And now, now you're in this new process, like with the same digital, everything else. I mean, this is, I, you know, I'm not trying, everything about this feels very wrong in the sense that it feels like it's leaning in that direction of things that we all kind of see going. I just am really battling on whether I think all of this could have happened to this effect to make this happen. Cause that's yeah. very sinister. Yeah. And I, I never, never want to shy away from that possibility, but let, let's talk about that. So, you know, I, go ahead. Oh, go ahead. No. Yeah. Please. Well, I was just going to go, I was going to go into that topic. Would you have a comment on that? Go ahead.
1: Oh, just, you know, I think the reason that the, that it is so sinister and that they're pulling off this, you know, they, whoever they may be, uh, you know, because kind of like the, uh, maybe as an example, if, if we're just a little rock in the middle of this lake called the ocean, what happens when you throw a, a rock into a lake? It ripples. It ripples all the way to the edges, right? And that's kind of what's happening here. Is we're this little island floating, and we're rippling. And this is a, a, a ripple effect for what will happen for the rest of the world. And you know, practice makes perfect. And you know, what a what a perfect. Uh, place to practice war games just cut off communications they're they're stranded 2500 miles in any direction from anybody and you know let's just hold the magnifying glass over the ants and let's see what they'll do and even to the point where i believe that this discrepancy with the body count could even be a part of this experiment i i think they could actually be going as far as as doing a social experiment on the citizens of hawaii and saying, uh, can thousands of people be missing or dead? And can we convince them that it was 99 because an authority figure told us so? Mm-hmm. You know, collective, we believe that that's not true. But is it, is it a social moment where they're saying, will they do anything? Yeah. Will they? Well- and, you know, it's kind of why they built that riot. I, I call it the riot fence for a reason. It was like kind of like that was their backup plan just in case.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, plenty of people who are always desperately afraid of anything that suggests that their government may be in doing things like you're describing are always so quick to push back a conspiracy theory. But the point is that these things, things just like you described, have happened repeatedly throughout history, both American history and elsewhere. So it's just amazing to me how quickly people will dismiss the possibility that a government could allow or orchestrate something like this for any number of reasons, even just literally trying to see what would happen. There's endless evidence for things like that, whether testing chemical or biological agents on people like in San Francisco and Operation Sea Spray, you know, these provable moments. So it really does unnerve me that we have so much evidence and whether or not this connects to larger discussions like we originally thought. But back into the point about, you know, you use the word murder, right? So clearly you still believe that this was something that, well, why don't you tell me? Where do you stand on this now? Are we talking about something that you feel was created? executed or allowed to happen, or are they now just capitalizing on their malfeasance and lack of good choices and, you know, decision-making process? What do you, where do you stand on that?
1: Well, you know, I, I can say it's a little bit of all three, you know, do I think that it could have been a premeditated murder? Definitely. You know, whether it was just intentional or unintentional manslaughter, definitely. But, you know, uh, when you look at the recovery and how nobody came and, you know, and what happened and what's happened since then, you know, I think it just, it all signs point point towards negligence and criminal activity. You know, they, they've they've gone so out of their way to make Lahaina a crime scene. And, Mm -hmm. you know, even to the fact with the uh, cleanup process, which I find really interesting is that, Maui County said that any structure over 120 square feet, which, mind you, that's like a sh- like a shed or a closet. If you uh, if your home was bigger than that, you are not allowed to remove any debris from the area. You have to have Maui County privately uh, do that for you. You're not allowed to uh, dispose of any ash, uh, anything. And where are they taking it? They- they've said themselves that the army. Is is doing the cleanup of the ash and the debris? It's kind of odd, you know. Yeah. What what are they? Why is the army taking these this evidence away? What are they doing with it? And you know, as um, as we also see, people are only getting into their homes uh, in these zones. So some. So people that's still happy. happening
0: to this point. That's They're not
1: still be- happening. Some people won't even be able to see their home until
0: next year. I, I, just, mean, I I've never understood that from the moment that began. This is if this is their property and their home and their belongings. Even in an investigation like you're I've never seen this before where people are like boxed out of their land and their home this long. I mean, how long has it been now? Since since this happened.
1: 3 months and oh, yeah so even great. some people next year will will you even if there was even anything to find would you find it after it's been out in the elements for exactly. for 6 months and then and sprayed with soil tag well, yeah right. uh, you know, we'll get to. but yeah but it, what about what know. about
0: the possibility that a child or somebody is buried under the under the rubble or trapped in a location no Does anybody even i mean i guess they were we were told that they were looking Right. But I mean, again, we're, we're very skeptical. Like, Well, that actually
1: happened to somebody that I know they their son, who is a 15 year old, uh, he perished in the fire. They told his parents that there was no body or no sign of him in the home. They broke in in the middle of the night and they found his body and they pulled him out of there. My God. And like that has happened to several people. I mean, I, I, have heard of, uh, you know, a man listening to his whole family burn up on the phone in the car. And and now that these body cams are coming out, yeah. uh, those are also proving to be, uh, that the police had, uh, communication the whole time yeah. out of the 200 hours of body cam footage, they've only released about 20 hours of it. And mind you, some of it's so redacted or fuzzy or cut off that you can't tell what's happening. But in these body cam videos that are just coming out, the police are 100% well aware that they should be evacuating. There's just uh, confusion. They don't know who they're taking orders from. It was just a a massive shit show. And so, you know, was that an intentional? No. I mean, maybe that's just, uh, you know, unintentional manslaughter. But, you know, I do believe that the state of Hawaii and the federal government that they need to be held accountable mm. uh, for this, and and I'm definitely not going to stop until they do. <laughs>
0: good, good. Well, you know, of course, in my opinion, if this was something that was a deliberate, or allowed to happen or created thing, the average policeman on the street corner wouldn't be in a, in, in the know. That's that's never how that works. But true. So we, let, let's remind, let's go through it very quickly and remind. Let me know if I miss anything. So we know that the the water was deliberately turned off. Right? Mm-hmm. We know that the alarm systems, I guess, correct me if this has been updated since then, failed to work. I believe there's an overlap on whether that was a choice for some reason. But right. that, that we know that they blocked them in under the guise, I guess it turned out because they were told that there were down power lines. But this is mm-hmm. while you can literally see a massive firewall coming in behind. And then we know that people literally died in those spots in mm-hmm. the traffic that they were being held in. Right. And we know that we have the guy and multiple other witnesses that were there on film by uh, one of them after the fact saying this on the on film that he was they he asked them and he said they were told to hold them there for whatever. And again, that's what turns out they claim because of the down power lines. But the, the dynamic logically doesn't make sense. Right. So and, and what else am I missing? I know there's other parts to this where there's go ahead.
1: Well, even since even since that initial like few little uh, comments that were made by you know police officers or law enforcement, now they've been uh, all signed NDAs. Nobody is allowed to actually talk about anything. The fire department, the police department. Uh, one thing I thought was, uh, you know, uh, ironic was Governor or excuse me, Mayor Bisson said that he was going to recuse himself of the MECO uh, slash HECO lawsuit because his daughter uh, is one of the main people at Maui Electric Company. And so he felt like it would be a conflict of interest. And that's why he's not going to sue. I mean, everybody is somebody's auntie, uncle, brother. The amount of, um, you know, handshakes happening behind closed doors is uh, it's insane. And, you know, I can imagine that's also what's Keeping this so secretive because everybody has some sort of incentive, whether it's protecting a family member uh, or or they're getting paid to do so.
0: You said you said an NDA non-disclosure agreement. Who are they signing this with?
1: That's what I would like to know as well. The state of Hawaii, Who, yeah. who's, who's gag ordering these people? Right. And, you yeah. know, there was a few stories that we heard that like just those initial days after the fire where a couple firemen had talked about, which in pat- particular, this story that they were putting out the fire and suddenly their fire truck stalled to the point where it just stopped working. And that kind of hinted at EMP to me, but at the same moment that the fire truck stopped working, their captain had a heart attack and all of the firemen had to go assist the captain having the heart attack during the middle of this fire. And you kind of go, what, what, you know, that was an interesting story. Do you have more stories to tell? Nope. NDAs, everybody signed an NDA even to the point where like, Ambulance drivers, you know, I'm hearing these like little videos come out where they're saying we're finding bodies that are frozen, flash frozen in positions that they couldn't scientifically be in. You know, animals on all fours, dead, standing up, deceased. They still have all their hair. They're not burned, but they're they're frozen and they're deceased.
0: When you say frozen, you mean stiff or you mean frozen?
1: Frozen, like, 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 imagine Pompeii people, like that's right. What it but, but just like, to clarify,
0: you, know? you mean like it got so cold that they are frozen stiff, no, as so ice? Hot. but okay. So yeah, so they're, they're, they're stiff frozen yes. like in that sense. Okay. Where, where yeah. can, where can, where's that coming from? Is that something that something's been confirmed or is that a statement that's relayed from somebody? Yeah.
1: I mean, of course, this is just coconut wireless, but you know, these are, I feel reasons why they made everybody sign these, these NDAs. They did not want these first responders or law enforcement, you know, spreading any kind of this information that would make people scratch their heads and go, yeah, that's a little weird. Why, why would a dog be, you know, dead on all fours standing in the middle of the room?
0: There's clearly a lot of anomalies. So in no way am I suggesting that that's not it's just, you know, that's a strange claim. And so definitely we want to make sure we can prove that. But there's I mean, there's so many things we can get into. Again, I want to revisit or just make sure we under people listening. It's very strange to me. That anybody, so for people that understand, a non disclosure agreement is usually something that somebody signs like after they're going to leave a business and oh, they have insider information and they go, okay, I, 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 I swear that I won't relay, rel- tell that information to anybody else. You know, a lot of times it, it has to do with like proprietary information, blah, blah, blah. The fact that you're having law enforcement sign an NDA from who, by the way, because that's very telling, a company, it's, I find it hard to believe the government would make them sign NDAs. So, it, but who knows? But so that is a huge point that I need to dig into further, because that's really alarming. And it very clearly suggests that there's something that they don't want. It doesn't suggest it bluntly states they don't want them saying something that they understand. And just trying to take a step back and not assume that it's some conspiratorial possibility. And I mean that in the real sense. I just don't see what else it could be that they would want them not to discuss. Let's all, I just, so I'll leave it there, but that is so. I'll say this. So the
1: way they framed it, if I remember correctly, because the first people they started with was, uh, people in, in like the FEMA cleanup, they said, please do not take pictures of any sort of district, uh, the disaster zone victims. And that's kind of how they, uh, you know, grew it from there that oh there was a few bad apples that went in uh, from FEMA and they took pictures of the disaster zone and they were sending them out and it's like well what's wrong with that you know that's right. that's your right to do that but you know like we're saying it, it adds a, an interesting level of yeah. suspicion.
0: Well, it's it's either is it a crime scene, which implies something was a crime was committed, or is it a cleanup effort after a natural disaster? They're very, right. And, and your point earlier, they've treated this like a crime scene from day one, which I, there's, I see the, all these points together clearly suggest that there's something that we're not being told and mm-hmm. every aspect of it. Now, we should be careful not to assume that means, you know, the theory that we wh- whoever individually out there believe, but it definitely could. And I think that's important that it's clear that there's something being withheld. So I had one more question on this same kind of general point. And it kind of brings us into that other hypothetical possibility discussion. You said ash about the, the bodies, bones. Now, I don't think, I'm not an expert, but bones typically do not get burned to ash. Correct. Unless it is a super high temperature, like a, the kind of thing you use it like a a funeral home to to reduce it to ash. As I understand it, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I, the, the fire shouldn't. So, what's interesting about that is that would then at least open up the possibility of something like we talked about the direct energy conversation, all yeah. these different possibilities. And I just think that's interesting. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? And even overlapping with the dog thing, like where do you see all that playing in?
1: Yeah. Well, you know, it's, you're right. The temperature to to make bone turn to ash is extremely hot you know, let alone you know other anomalies that we saw, which we actually dive in the book a lot about the different temperatures and melting points of different you know objects and and even crematory you know uh, temperatures. But most of the the people that had disappeared were reduced to nothing but bags of ash this big. No no bones, no teeth, almost no identifying information. And actually, it's it's remarkable that they even were able to identify the people they did. And I assume it's probably just because of smoke inhalation or, uh, you know, a lot of people were perished by jumping into the ocean. Uh, right. and so, you know, obviously
0: they were intact,
1: but, uh, gosh, I'm losing my train of thought there, but,
0: um, Sorry, it was probably cause I was typing actually, but I, I was just looking <laughs> up really quickly that, that I was interested to see if you can get DNA testing on ash
1: and I don't think DNA testing
0: it. on burnt remains is possible if there's bone fragments. So if this has been brought down to absolute ash, it's interestingly overlapped with the other argument that, you know, so if that's the case, then and it, I guess it could be because they're asking for the bodies that weren't reduced to ash. But yeah, right. that's an interesting aspect to this too. The, see, this whole topic really does. and I know there are those out there doing it and I encourage this, somebody who has just entirely focused on this story and is investigating this with the wealth, wherewithal and the resources to do so because there's a lot of these unanswered questions that if left alone sadly like east palestine that nobody is going to keep asking mm-hmm. and that's it's that's just it's just very disconcerting well so really let's is. let's bring this into the the kind of cover-up side of this or the ongoing part of it and actually with the housing part of it too so i want to talk about both what they claim to do with the plan soil tack and where that goes but before that the, the land part of this. So give us some updates on where, you know, we, we heard right away we saw things that you would expect even if this wasn't some, you know, manipulated situation. People in real estate frothing at the mouth to get in there and get a hold of some of these lands that they've sought after. And the people of Lahaina have been fending people like this off for as long as they've existed since, you know, post-U.S. occupation. We saw Oprah and the rest of them, you know, all these weird overlaps. So where are they at with this now? Is there any new information about... Who's trying to take control? Are they going to make it all a, a monument? Like I think uh, Green made the point to say, you know, where are we at with the land grab aspect? So, this is definitely where
1: everything feels like it's at a standstill, but you kind of, in my opinion, I'm just waiting for that shoe to drop. Mm. And, you know, it, it's kind of like there's this maybe even cognitive dissonance that's happening where people are like, we're going to be able to rebuild, we're going to go back, and we're all going to get our properties back. And, like, there's kind of this hope you know that everything is just going to go back to normal but then on the other side you know um people are still kept out of the burn zone by the giant fence national guard still has it completely uh secured you know people are only let in from their certain zones and then let out so you know is this a, a free-for-all for people to come back to the land certainly not i've never let alone Yeah. Let alone like the soil tech issue, which we've, we spoke on before. Now they've gone to the actual extent of saying there is not an opt out process, which is very interesting because initially they were kind of hinting that homeowners specifically, you could have your land privately tested, and then you could uh, kind of get away from the soil tech. Now they're saying that is not true at all. You have to do soil tack and there is no opt out, uh, which which is frightening. And and of course, they're saying, well, we don't want any uh, spots to be exposed and have runoff in those areas. But they also I just found out used soil tack here in Kula as well. And there was only about 20 houses that burned down uh, on my side of the island over here. And we're nowhere near the ocean, so kind of this whole uh, you know excuse that they're using. Well, we're we're using it for runoff reasons. What what are they using it in Kula for? Right. You know, if it is a glue that is designed to soak up radiation, is there leftover radiation in Kula that that you know from some sort of technology used? Is that I, what they're I,
0: claiming? Is that what the they're claiming? That's what it's used for. I don't see any yeah. evidence. Of that the
1: DOD said that they used it in Afghanistan and Iraq to soak up your uh uranium from the bullet casings from their war games uh and that was what it was originally created for
0: because they you because they are using your, your depleted uranium shells which are a war crime but yeah let's let's ignore that admission which we all know that exactly. they but but, what, but that's really fascinating so what i what i argue they are implying with that is that they just that's if this this substance just absorbs everything and i don't even yes. This What's so crazy about it is, as we've done before, and, and since we're, we're talking about it, I want to make sure I did. Well, first of all, before I get into the, what are they testing for? And so they've tested for and then decided to use soil tech. What are they testing for? Uh,
1: I would love to know as well. You know, I had a friend privately test uh, a sample that they got after sneaking into the burn zone. And frighteningly enough, so I, I, I would need to learn more about this specifically, but apparently there's about 10 elements in uh, ash or, you know, a burnt substance will typically show the same 10 elements underneath it. What we're seeing out of the evidence coming out of Lahaina is that it only has two out of the 10. And it kind of suggests that it's, one, been bleached or that it's something that we've never seen before, because none of the elements are existing within that ash and within that debris. Oh. And, you know, is that why they're using swale tack because there is something incredibly wrong with whatever they've done to vaporize the ground or depleted it in some way. And I almost wonder if that's why you see so much of that white powdery ash as well. You, you know, everything was just uh, brought down to a dust of, of white powder. And so um, you know, I think it, it just leans again towards more suspicious, uh, you know, what happened?
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, what's, it's, what's very strange is, is this this, to me, the simplest aspect of this is the idea of how this would have been used. And so, and what's interesting is you're I guess, telling me that they've already begun using this. Yes. So I, I'd like to secondarily ask you if you've seen it and looked at it and looked at the substance, but before that just, you know, so we're talking about spraying over an area that people have still been like held back from invasively looking for themselves. To yes. me, that's what seems like the most obvious. This is like gluing over the, well, it's not even a bad analogy because it's essentially a polymer-based solids or glue kind they of solid They call it a glue. Do, right. It ends up solidifying, right? So, and then it breaks and it dusts and that dust can become combustible per their own information. We've covered this. So, that in and of itself just seems like an effort to kind of like seal the area and then move forward from that. And so that, that is the most obvious, but in the idea to whether they're trying to potentially cover up something that they have done before, it's a perfectly valid possibility in there. You know, we, who knows what's actually happening in all this. So to the second part of it. So what, if you, you've seen it yourself or have you actually got to walk on it or touch it? I haven't.
1: No. So I, you know, I've seen uh, others showing videos of it and it's just, mm-hmm. For brightening, I mean these these guys literally get dressed up in full white outfits. Yep. And then they uh they actually are using basically like fire hoses in Lahaina. Yeah. And right. they just spray everything with it. And they say in about twenty-four hours it, it's fully set, and that's when it becomes uh translucent. So yeah, it starts as this white color and then it get it goes clear. And there was one interesting uh, where the, there was a, actually a podcast where it was like the EPA guy was talking about how safe it was. And he was answering concerns, um, for one of our local Lahaina residents. And he, one, one th- her, thing I heard him say is, oh, well it's completely non-toxic when dry, but it's supposed to be mixed with water and it goes on wet. So does that mean it's toxic when it's wet? Um, then he also says it's not supposed to, um, be washed off by any of the rain. It's going to seal everything down for up to a year. But then he kind of exactly. said, oh, but if you have a, you know, a picture or if you get an, if there's an item in your home that got sprayed with soil tack, you might be able to wash off with soap and water. But then, you know, we have people that call and then they say, is soil tack biodegradable or is it not? And we've gotten conflicting answers from that as well.
0: Right. Well, their, their own documentation, as we went over actually in this interview, as well as I think it was the this one with, uh, no, this one here, with with this, our second interview that we went over, where we talk about this, their own documentation, which I'll include in the show notes again today, the, the, the information itself in here, which th- this is where we were. I was just referencing like, here's the combustible dust point, but that this is polymer based right here. It's a synthetic vinyl copolymer. I mean this is ridiculous like it's 98% synthetic vinyl copolymer that's not not a water based substance that just completely like that's something that is potentially problematic and we went through all this information and broke it all down in the past and the, the reality is it is potentially toxic in certain circumstances and, and the, my bigger point was like you said the runoff aspect is doesn't even apply because at first in general, they weren't even really trying to argue that that's what they were using it for. But then we also have the reality that we're talking about where it was designed in Iraq and Afghanistan. And the real point of it was simply just to maintain the ground. So the dust did not spin up and cause problems for them and cause dust storms. But in my research, it seems very telling that the dust problem got rapidly worse once they left, which seems to suggest that what it does is it's not about actually health. It's about Keeping the situation stagnant while they're invading countries and not worried about the after effects that it causes. So my worry is that if this is about keeping the runoff from happening, that once they stop caring about this, this will get worse. It'll break down and the land itself will become even more likely to proceed, run off, yeah. cause landslides. I mean, all sorts of things we, you guys you know, know well in, in Hawaii. That's true. Controlled. I mean,
1: that's a great point. I mean, yeah, who's to say that all of Lahaina isn't going to fall right into the ocean uh, in a year from now after this this glue stops keeping it sealed, let alone, you know, all of the, the people who are unaccounted for. You literally are pouring glue on a burial site. And, exactly. and that's how I feel about it. There's just there's remains everywhere, right. everywhere.
0: And, and to add to this point about the weird kind of surreptitious nature of all this, as you pointed out to me, I hadn't seen this until we started. This is one of the documents we went over in both in my show about this and our interview. And it now says account disabled by server administrator. I just it's just there's so many of these. And if you want to see what it is, I have it on the way back machine. This this is literally from Soilworks LLC, right? And so they have this in the document goes over all the stuff that we discussed in here. And know, even says right here, now it does say eco safe and biodegradable, but it says liquid copolymer used to stabilize and solidify any soil or aggregate as well as erosion control and dust suppression. None of that talks about any of the things that they're pushing this forward other than the runoff. Right. So, mm-hmm. so it's my opinion. I just think it's really telling that they would remove this and delete this kind of information. You also added uh, this. Uh, was it this one? No, it's this next one right here or this one. Maui Mayor gives EPA the go ahead to seal down the highness toxic ash with soil tack. One of the points that stood out, which I thought was really interesting, saying, Well, what West Maui County Councilwoman Tamara Palton said she sent a letter to the EPA last month with a list of questions and concerns about soil tack, to which she said the federal agency did not respond. Over the weekend, she tried again, reaching out to Peter Gura, EPA regional incident coordinator for the Maui fires. The answer she received from him left her dissatisfied. EPA said soil tack is not while the product's website says that it is. And just, there's all this back and forth about it. And I think that it just shows you that there's something definitely amiss off with this whole thing. And I don't think this is even remotely about trying to help people in the That's my. If, you know
1: what's funny, too? Even if you go back to that last one with Tamara, the quote right below, which I found humorous, is they said, well, even if it does run off into the water, look, even if a small amount is released, it's way better than a large release of ash. It's like they're kind of almost admitting, well, it, it, you know, maybe it's better than the, than the latter. Yeah. They're kind yeah. of giving their out there.
0: Right. I mean, well, in the, at the end of the day, ash, ash is in general. I mean, if it's real ash burned to nothing, it's one of the purest substances on earth. It's nothing. It's basically just burned, you know, and that's, that's the reality. But what's, what's interesting about this is if you really dig in and I do, I recommend both our interview and this in-depth discussion, the attack dust suppressant to be deployed in Lahaina, Maui, but is it safe? Let's look at the facts. And my clear conclusion was no, that this is not safe and this is not designed to be used in civilian public areas. It may be considered safe for general use if you're using it in passing on a military operation. But the idea that this is going to be in a location, again, in the exact location. Well, actually, one of the things I thought was interesting is the, the shoreline. Both documents I looked at in this, in this, in this discussion said that it should not be allowed to run off into the water, right? Yet they're talking about it using, well, I guess that's the point. It's meant to stop that from happening. But yeah. it shows you that when it comes into contact with the water, that it does break down. So you're guaranteeing you're going to have that. And that's why that statement makes sense. That, well, if it does, it's better than this or that. Well, well I guess we'll, I guess find, we'll out. find
1: out. We'll find out. Well, you know, we'll find out with the reef and the fish and the whales and the sea oh, turtles and and all of that you. gorgeous, pristine water that is literally right there. You know, we'll, time will tell, of course.
0: I'm and, glad you know, said that. That's, you know, part
1: of the land grab, you know? Oh, gosh, you guys, we're so sorry. Soil tech didn't do its job. We, we, we messed up. It wasn't as safe as and effective as we thought. You know, we'll, we'll take that land from you. It's no problem.
0: I'm tra- I was trying to glance in here to find the, the, the section where they talk about the animals, right? And, I rem- and now you said that. Yeah. I forgot about this. There's, there's clear, uh, where was that? I'm just trying to find it off the top of my head. But there, there's a clue. oh, here we go. Here's one of them right here, you know, in, the, in their MDMS sheet. Right. Where it talks about it does very clearly have an effect on specific and this is, you know, minnows, rainbow trout, you know, in this case of 96 hours where it's, you know, it's potentially toxic. Well, and this one gets into uh, the, you know, both of these aquatic toxicity and terrestrial toxicity, earthworms, (laughs) lettuce. You know, th- these are real. You're not going to hear about this from the EPA. And this is in all their information. And this is why I mm-hmm. think these things are being pulled back. You know, it's anyway, and, I think. That's, and mind
1: ahead. you, and just one last thing, mind you, like the resorts are, you know, five miles away. And so all of these tourists are going to be also swimming in the soil tack water. You know, it's, right. it's everybody is going to be implicated, you know, not just Lahaina, you know, makes me wonder about our beaches on the south side of the island or, you know, where is it going to to
0: go, actually, truly. Right, right. I mean, this is not something that just, again, copolymer, it's not something that's going to just go away. It's, it's clearly not the way they describe it. But yeah, I mean, I think that the, the EPA, for example, is still to this very day lying and obfuscating about what happened in East Palestine and the dioxins and the PFAS and benzene and everything else that they're currently shipping all over the place with no concern for the fact that those locations aren't even set up to deal with that. But yet we're going to believe the EPA when they tell us X, Y, and Z for the next story. You know, it's just it's blatant, and it's it's just so it's it's impo- I mean, I think it's a good thing that a lot of these situations that you know the terrible silver lining on this horrible story is that people are no longer blindly taking their government at face value, which it always should have been that way. You know, it's horrifying. Yeah, but I mean be- look there's a lot of other topics that we could get into around this topic. I mean, is there anything else you want to get into before we kind of wrap and, and talk about your book and, and, and the information there? Is there anything else that you want people to know about in regard to this story that, that is important that we're missing that, that, that you just, you know, put a fine point on for people that want to know where to look.
1: Well, I would just say, you know, it's actually, it's, it's still ominously continuing and mm-hmm. the military presence in Hawaii has increased so much that, you know, I do wonder if, you know, just as, is this because of is Israel or Palestine? You know, what is the reason or, you know, is was Lahaina the perfect reason for us to have an excess amount of military presence before a supposed war is to start? You know, That's we are point. still having uh, just even last week, we had green, the green lasers uh, all over the island. Again, they were shining on the Kahului Airport, on the Kapalua Airport. We've what had military reconnaissance, reconnaissance planes everywhere, uh, flying around, doing searches. We've had, uh, you know, Red Dawn style paratroopers jumping on planes. Uh, you know, it's whatever is happening here is um, is still continuing. And so, you know, I just uh, everybody keep uh, keep your eyes on what happens here, because I do feel that uh, this is a launching pad for, uh, you know, what uh, a lot of different things and and we're, we're watching it kind of unfold. So This is the last thing I would I would say to people. Is it's continuing. <laughs> yeah.
0: And don't forget about it, right? Keep it in yeah, mind. Yeah, don't forget. You mentioned the green lasers. What is that?
1: Well, so earlier in the year, it actually was like January, February. There was a, they called it topographical satellite mapping from China, which mm. they essentially shine this green laser across the whole entire island and it's supposed to pick up perfectly on on, this, on the topographics of, of this area. Weird. And And that was very strange when it happened at the beginning of the year. It was Mauna Kea, Mauna Loa, and Haleakala that had caught the, the lasers going across the sky. Sure enough, it just happened again last week. And uh, as soon as that one happened, it, it definitely got more uh, be- I don't want to say excitement, but more acknowledgement this time, mm-hmm. uh, because then yes, they had said they sent out military planes within 15 minutes of that laser being spotted. Uh, and, and the presence was significant. So it, mm-hmm. it, you know, it kind of appeared to be that they don't even know what that is.
0: Huh. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, I, quite frankly, I'm willing to bet that it's something that's probably tied to the director, energy directorate up there or something in that regard. But really right. the the main point for me is just, it's, you know, there's probably a lot more to the building up of military presence and so on, but it could be just as simple as make sure the natives remember that you're under occupation, right? I mean, that's really exactly what this comes down to. And I I hope I people don't think I was joking about that. Like for the average person and you know, well, right. Th- this is an occupied territory. Like the, yeah. it's exactly what it was. It was a taken yeah. and occupied. And that's why as you, as you've expressed yourself, I mean, I, again, I lived in Oahu a while back. I remember the same sentiment that most Hawaiians that I knew did not believe that they were Americans. They're Hawaiians. Right. And they're under this occupation. And so this might just be, you know, that people in Lahaina are, are, you know, kind of historically very anti the the whole presence. So maybe this is just a way to say we're not going anywhere, you know, (laughs) whether it's because of this or, you know, that they're acting this way because of what happened. I just want to show them. I think the bottom line is this is the illegal occupier. And that's how we have to view this story. And that's what occupiers do. All right. They Mm -hmm. break the law. Yeah, yeah. Well. I'm glad that you
1: said that. Yeah, that's that's one thing that we talk about uh, extensively in the book to burn back better is mm-hmm. uh, educating people on uh, what happened to Hawaii, because that is the first part of this story. Hawaii was an illegally annexed territory taken by gunpoint where right. they forced queen Lily Ukulani to uh, essentially sign under distress because she was worried that they were going to murder her family in front of her very eyes. That's how Hawaii became Hawaii it was not sunshine and rainbows and everybody agreed and let's become America. It was absolutely a, a colonized and pillaged, uh, taken stolen land. And you know, I, I, that's one of the things that we, you know, when we thought about the book and what what do we want the main takeaway to be is the Hawaiians deserve to have their land back, and this moment, as you know, just absolutely devastating and it, as it is, could also be used as a uh, the cat, the catalyst for true change for them to get their sovereignty back and to say, you know. The U.S., obviously, holding their illegal occupation, did a terrible job. They've done nothing but, uh, you know, uh, have just complete incompetence that resulted in in criminal mass murder. Uh, You know, there's just so many facets to this. And so I pray that uh, people really wake up and and see, wow, Hawaii is not this 50th state like that we've we've seen. Um, Yeah definitely.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think it's an important message in general, right? I mean, I think this is you know, the, the year of the awareness of the occupier, right? It does seem that people are shockingly aware of of one of the most obvious occupations in the world right now. And I think that's a really important st- step to become aware of, of how incredibly wrong this is and how this truly destroys civilizations and destroys yeah. families and generational. And I mean, everything we've ever talked about in this topic, but all the rest in very similar ways that you know, I, I don't want to pull in that topic because, you know, my mind just goes to this in general. But with 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 this right now and, and what you're working on, I really hope that more people will pay attention and recognize that this is one facet, truly, of a much larger picture. Not to minimize what they're dealing with, but it just shows you how how vicious this really is. And it, it, so many other peoples out there, whether American or not, are, are either beginning to become under that boot or have been for a long time. And it's just time that we're not afraid to say that. You know, Mm -hmm. and all these people out for either their malicious actions, their engineered events or just the lack of concern for the civilian in anything that they do. And that's everywhere today. So I want to make sure let's talk about this for a minute. I mean, unless you want to get anything else. I mean, this this, I just started reading this build burn back better, which I love. I think that's hilariously perfect. It's exactly, you know, brings everything together. And that's kind of one of the things that I think is important is it does bring in the concept, you know, build back better. What happened there? And, yeah. and the overlaps and so on. So uh, go ahead. You want to talk about this for a second? Yeah. And tell us, go ahead. Well, you know, you hit
1: it right on the the head right there. Well, you know, we've been hearing this proverbial statement for years now. It's kind of like this psychological, you know, brainwashing. We're going to build back better, and we're going to build it back better. You know, we just hear it over and over again. Mm-hmm. But what what do we actually see? Uh, you know, we they they burn it, and then they blame it, and then they steal it, and then they'll build on it, right? And you know. Lahaina was is one place, but this is this is a theme on, on the whole world. I mean, we're watching, you know, uh, our our food crisis in America be burned up before our very eyes. Greece, California. I mean, there's just so many places that you can scratch your head and go, well, "There's a lot of similarities there," you know, even to um, the point of Alcapoco just this last week. Mm-hmm completely flattened. And conveniently enough, they were on the smart city conference earlier this year. So, you know, is there a large nefarious game plan and, and uh, you know, playbook that's being ha- had by these elites and these sociopaths and psychopaths that are behind the shadows Absolutely. You know, the vaccine agenda was only one part of it. This is a a depopulation agenda by every means. And disaster capitalism is going to be a huge uh, way they accomplish that, because if they Mm -hmm. can burn the people into the areas they want them to go, they're more easily controlled. And, you know, we've been doing this since the beginning of time when humans uh, don't have a a fair uh, playing ground. They use fire. And, you know, that's what's happening in this civilization right now before our very eyes. And so, you know, Burn Back Better, uh, you know, it is a collection of, of evidence, of testimony. Uh, it's it's truly a full dissertation, even to the point where everything is, is cited and resourced in, in the back of the book. So you can actually go see where we've found it or listen to survivors themselves. Uh, but, you know, also just touching on the fact that, you uh, what does this mean for the rest of the world? Lahaina is only just one, and uh, this is this is not something that they're going to stop at. So you know we're just hoping that it helps lift the veil. You know when we you go through the book, you'll see the extensive amount of of details and and actually game planning that they did before the fire. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they kind of already laid the pathway beforehand. And so just kind of teaching people on how to do that themselves, wherever you live, whatever town or city or country you might be, uh, and just paying attention to these details beforehand and, and uh, just revealing the truth before these evil people even get a chance to have their way.
0: Right. Right. Well, you know, I'm sure there's plenty of people out there that might balk at the idea that this is some larger agenda. There's plenty of evidence to back up the, the, clear possibility of that being the case but regardless of your opinion it's obvious that there's something wrong here like that whatever we decide to pinpoint as the reason is that i mean that's a kind of a fluid point for a lot of people and we always tend to maybe disagree on what their intent was but this is what i've always said since the beginning of this topic but plenty of others that we shouldn't miss the forest for the trees in that regard and and we just need to make sure we, we acknowledge and point out that they were responsible for what happened. The accountability must be on the choices that were made, and then from there, build the case to be able to potentially prove what you're outlining, because I really do believe that there are some pretty damn nefarious agendas that go well beyond individual states or countries, and I think we're watching it play out. So mm-hmm. I, I, I value what you're doing, and, I, and I, I, I'm going to continue to read this, and I'm honored that we were included in there with our interviews and the different information. So we'll include the links to this so you guys can check it out out for yourselves and you know just keep us updated on what's going on in in Maui in general because I don't think this is just about Lahaina as well but you know just anything else that you see because I do think this is going to be an important story so thank you for for joining us today anything else you want to leave us with upcoming events just
1: yeah thank you and you know you're completely right this story is going to continue you know we feel that you know Burn Back Better is probably this is probably the first volume of of potentially many as this Mm -hmm. investigation continues and you know um I, I've actually been told that uh, "Burn Back Better" is going to be used in the lawsuit to help uh, actually right. get these people. So, you know, this is a, a full, uh, you know, dissertation to the maximum, and I, I feel uh, grateful to to help these perpetrators face their justice. Um, okay, so, I really thank you for helping helping uh, get the word out and, and bringing me back. And I'll, I'll absolutely keep you posted on on everything that happens down here.
0: My pleasure. Yeah. And, and you know, congratulations on that, because clearly that suggests or implies or directly shows that the work you did in there was was solid and that they yeah. can prove this stuff. And right. so it's going to be used. That's I, I hope that they find the justice they deserve, uh, you know, or the people as well as the justice laid on the people that deserve that to be held accountable and you know just on the way out, you did mention the smart city aspect of this, and we 'll have to keep an eye on that too, right, because as much as they tried to downplay this and they've deleted the older documents and we 've covered this that it very clearly was that this the the smart city plan for this exact discussion of Maui and it was clearly laid out and they 've even omitted that term in the in the next years outline you know and it's just it's just so clear that there's at some level something quite fishy going on so thank you for for joining us again and i'm sure we'll thank have you. you back on soon and and good luck with injected and i you know thank i hope you're gonna be on there soon hope to join you guys so
1: <laughs> perfect awesome. we'll see you on there yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, thanks well, thank ryan everybody. really
0: appreciate it thank you everybody and as always question everything come to your own conclusions stay vigilant but this global pandemic has also created an opportunity to build back better Building back better, this pandemic has provided an opportunity for a reset. This is our chance to accelerate our pre-pandemic efforts. Now we have to accelerate because we are living the first consequences of basically climate disorders. It's time to rush and President Biden is 100% right to do so. Last week, I shared the outlines of my plan to build back better.
1: It's about building this country back better.
0: As Europeans, we increased our targets for 2030 and 2050 a few months ago. We need India and China to be with us. With Chancellor Merkel, we had a discussion with President Xi. The Great Reset. And I think we, we, we felt the commitments of President Xi on climate to work with the US and with Europe, first to accelerate his target of 2030. Our strongest beliefs are challenged by the rise of a yet unknown new world order. A a new world order that
1: China has to be part of the process of creating it, and they have to buy in, they have to own it. really need to bring China into the creation of a new uh, 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 world order. Partnership and cooperation among nations is not a choice. It is the only way. Now is the time to join together through constant cooperation and strong institutions and shared sacrifice and a global commitment to progress to meet the challenges of the 21st century. Build it back better.